Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer, and welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, August 26th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the question everyone is asking. Will the big three House Dems stick around if they keep the majority or lose it by just a small margin? Number two, it's a big day for the economy. And number three, the Saudi-backed Live Golf gets its first lobbyists. All right, let's dive into the number one story of the morning with a very strong Punchbowl News AM uh, newsletter this morning. We have a top looking at Speaker Nancy Pelosi, House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, and House Majority Whip Jim Clyburn. Now, as we have been talking about this for the past six plus months, the prevailing wisdom throughout the 117th Congress has been, if House Democrats lose their majority, the big three would be replaced in leadership, ending their generation-long run atop the Democratic hierarchy. Remember, Pelosi and Hoyer have been the number one and number two for House Democrats for nearly 20 years. Clyburn, of course, joined the triumvirate after the 2006 election. But what if Democrats don't lose the House? Certainly a possibility now in a rapidly changing political landscape, although admittedly a small one. Or more realistically, what if Democratic losses are lower than projections, saying, you know, between 10 and 20 seats? In this scenario, Democrats would still lose their majority. But what would it mean for the Pelosi-Hoyer-Clyburn dynamic, all three of whom are now in their 80s? Would they try to stick around for the presidential election in 2024, hoping to win the House back? Would it impact younger Democrats? who have been positioning themselves to take over next year? Of course, it's not just Democrats. There's another angle to explore here. What does it mean for House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy, Minority Whip Steve Scalise, and GOP Conference Chair Elise Stefanik if Republicans don't win the House or, as we just discussed, only take the majority by a narrow margin? Last November, McCarthy was claiming this could be 2010 all over again for Democrats, which in that cycle lost 63 seats. Clearly, that's not going to occur. Republicans are still favored to win the majority on Election Day, but what if the GOP majority is so chaotic, so unwieldy, that McCarthy can't run it effectively, similar to what former speakers John Boehner and Paul Ryan faced? How big of a majority does McCarthy need to become speaker in the first place is a question that a lot of folks are asking over coffee and drinks, since there are some Republicans who won't vote for him on the floor come January 3rd. So let's start with Democrats, and then we'll talk a little bit about Republicans for this pre-Labor Day snapshot. Of course, this is a very big moving target. Uh, The political winds have shifted post the uh, primary and the special election in New York, so things could shift again. But right now, we've spoken to a number of Democratic lawmakers and aides during the last few days, and there isn't any discussion by Pelosi, Hoyer, or Clyburn about staying in leadership or what happens to them after November 8th. Still, let's be clear. If Democrats were to somehow hold on to the House, there's no expectation that Pelosi would leave. That feeling has only grown since Democrats upset victory Tuesday night in the special election in New York's 19th district. That win was the latest evidence that the Supreme Court's decision to strike down Roe versus Wade, coupled with some legislative successes by Democrats, has shifted the political landscape. 
President Joe Biden's approval ratings are rising, gas prices are falling, and Democrats' edge in fundraising, particularly online fundraising, is growing. Now, no one is predicting a Democratic victory in the midterms, although they acknowledge the political winds have shifted in their favor. Pelosi has spoken both publicly and privately about her concerns if Republicans take back the House, saying she, quote, fears for democracy. Multiple Democrats we've spoken to said they don't think that's an exaggeration on her part. Pelosi genuinely believes that she is one of the only things standing between a Republican-controlled House and the unraveling of democracy. As one senior Democratic aide said, if we pull off this impossible and win, In November, even if it's a small majority, how do you take out the person who led them there? Just imagine the optics. Drew Hamill, Pelosi's longtime uh, staffer, deputy chief of staff and spokesperson, said this when asked about possible post-November 8th scenarios. The speaker is not on a shift. She's on a mission. The 83-year-old Hoyer and the 82-year-old Clyburn, both of whom, remember, are widowers, aren't seen as being in any hurry to leave Congress either, in the majority or minority. As one House Democrat said, speaking on the condition of anonymity of the two, they want to stay regardless. So when do things change and how? In many ways, this is the same question that I think we've been asking and reporting on for more than a decade. We've watched the big three hold on to power through big wins and epic losses, while a parade of ambitious younger Democrats found themselves stuck with no way to advance up the leadership ladder. But in some ways, things are different now. Pelosi previously agreed to term limits that would have her step down after this year. And now, more than ever, the caucus is filled with younger members who want a leadership team that talks and governs like they do. And there's the new three, as we've noted before. That includes Democratic Caucus Chair Hakeem Jeffries, Assistant Speaker Catherine Clark, and Caucus Vice Chair Pete Aguilar, hoping to step up, not to mention other ambitious politicians, including Representatives Adam Schiff, the Democrat from California, and Pramila Jayapal from Washington, who are eyeing leadership spots when they become available. But as Pelosi always says, power is not given, it's taken, and so far no one is willing to try to take hers. Another major question remains on the Republican side. If the GOP takes the majority by a slim margin, can McCarthy hold on? This is the question bouncing around Republican leadership ranks at this moment. And the answer here is not particularly clear. McCarthy has said that he expects to win several dozen seats from Democrats and has frequently indicated that one of the largest majorities in history is within reach. Coming up short of that could present him troubles. The facts remain, Republicans are just a handful of seats from the majority. Anything short of a 10 to 20 seat net gain would be seen as a disappointing result for the GOP. In the last few days, we've gotten quite a few unsolicited messages from Republicans about the viability of the GOP leadership following the special election loss in New York. I don't think anybody on the Punchable News team is buying into that at this point. There are dozens of races to be won and lost in the next two months. But let's just say the knives are beginning to surface for the GOP leaders. And needless to say, if Republicans don't take the majority, McCarthy and company could easily be looking for new jobs. All right, let's run to the number two big story of the morning. It is a big day for the economy. There will be two key economic developments to watch today. 
and we want to put them on your radar first. The personal consumption expenditure or the PCE index for July will be released at 8.30 a.m. Of all the measures of inflation indexes used by policymakers, the PCE covers the broadest set of goods and services. That will be followed by a very important speech. At 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Federal Reserve Chair Jay Powell will be giving a keynote address at the Jackson Hole Economic Symposium. Powell's speech coming shortly after the latest PCE release will be parsed intensely around the globe for signs of how much and for how long the Fed intends to keep raising interest rates. Let's go on to the number three story of the morning. Super interesting item this morning, a downtown download by our very own Jake Sherman on the Saudi Golf Tour's new lobbyist. Never takes long as somebody who covered lobbying for a long time for uh, different industries, particularly those facing challenges to try and find some K Street power to help harness them uh, and their efforts in Washington. Live Golf, the professional golf tour backed by Saudi Arabia's Sovereign Wealth Fund, has hired Howard Holloway and Quayle Ventures to lobby. The two lobbyists on the account are former Representative Ben Quayle, the Republican from Arizona, and of course, the son of former Vice President Dan Quayle. Also, Rashid Holloway, who worked for former Democratic Indiana Senator Evan Bayh. This is Liv's first registered lobbyist. The duo will be lobbying on, quote, education and issues related to the game of professional golf in the United States and abroad, protecting the rights of professional golfers to play when and where they choose. The debut of Live Golf has, of course, rocked the world of professional golf. The PGA Tour has denounced Live Golf as part of, quote, a strategy by the Saudi government to use sports in an effort to improve its reputation for human rights abuses and other atrocities. PGA Tour players who have joined Live Golf have been banned by the PGA, which in turn sparked lawsuits from these players. Live Golf recently hosted an event at former President Donald Trump's Bedminster Golf Course. Trump, in an interview promoting the event, suggested, quote, nobody has gotten to the bottom of 9-11, a very different response than the one he had as a candidate in 2016. All right, a couple of programming notes for us. Just want to remind everyone, this is our last edition of The Daily Punch until September 6th. Uh, We are off for our own August recess next week and hope everybody enjoys the hopefully slow time here in Washington before things heat up in September when we will be back uh, with a lot of uh, news, I have no doubt, but as well as many events. And just want to put this on your radar. Thursday, September 8th, we will be at the Hawk and Dove at 9 a.m. talking to Representative Buddy Carter, the Republican from Georgia, about 5G technology and its impact on transportation. But we've got a bonus. You can stay after the conversation in person for our first live brown bag lunch. This benefit usually isn't exclusive to our premium community, but will be available for all who attend our conversation with Carter in person. The Brown Bag Lunch is a 30-minute discussion where myself, Jake, Brez, and Heather break down what's going on in Congress and answer your questions live. With that, thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.